Hello. Hi. You are tuned into Synchronicity Podcast. Welcome back. We are here to serve, guide, and navigate these crazy waters that we call life together here at Synchronicity. Uh, we are Nicole and Megan. Kick-ass uh, guest, I guess, was what we would say. He, um, We connected with him when we were down in Arizona, and without further ado, we'll let him introduce himself. Yeah, hi, I'm Troy Casey, the certified health nut. Um, there we go. <laughs> so we uh, we listened to your amazing 45-minute talk um, at the Psychedelic Conference down in Arizona, And you mentioned, you know, your experiences through life. You know, you talked about sitting in ayahuasca. You talked a little bit about your story. And we really would like to know, you know, take it back as far as, you know, you would like. But we really want to know how you ended up becoming the certified health nut. And, you know, where and what, hard times, great times, you know, as much as you want to share with us, we'd love to hear it. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on, first of all. And it was it was great meeting you guys in Phoenix. And uh, so, uh, you know, I started out as a Versace model out in the world. Um, I was living in Milan and I was having issues with bloating and just indigestion and really not knowing anything about nutrition or health at all. And I was in an industry or I had just gotten into an industry um, that was based on aesthetics. And so, um, you know, I started studying nutrition, fasting, internal purification, herbal medicine, everything to really, um, you know, help me look and feel my best in front of the camera. And, uh, you know, 33 years fast forward, I've, I've done a lot of healing journeys and worked with a lot of people over the years and studied with people like Robert Kennedy Jr., who dismantled all the Yale and Harvard research on vaccines. And so, uh, and I remember in my baby book that I used to have all sorts of ear infections, and it was right after my vaccinations. And so, and those manifest into autoimmune, IBS, other types of issues. And I had adult long um, uh, constipation about 20 years. That was kind of my quest, my journey to help me look and feel better starting out in front of the camera. And then I just continued it because when I got my hands on fasting, juice cleansing, herbal medicine, liver flushes, I felt so amazing. Um, and I wanted to keep that going. And so, you know, years later, we're still navigating, uh, this toxic world that we live in these, you know, plastics, plasticizers, xenoestrogens, phthalates, dioxins, these things are all in our environment and they're affecting us. And so what I studied early on 33 years ago has now become a survival mechanism. Cleanse and detox, detoxification has become a survival mechanism for your average human uh, just to uh, just to survive, number one, but also if you want to have any uh, any level of thriving, uh, then uh, you have to put it at, at the forefront of your lifestyle. And, you know, I listened to 
Dr. Dietrich Klinghart, who's like the number one guy on autoimmune and Dr. Mercola, they did a podcast in April of 2021. And they reiterated everything I had studied and the conclusions that I had come to. Um, and what I just said, you know, this is now a no longer a health protocol, right? This is a survival mechanism. And so, so I think that, you know, our curse is our gift. And, you know, now I share that on the internet and uh, I've had a career in front of the camera. So, um, you know, I really enjoy speaking on stage, being in front of people and presenting the ideas that I have discovered and I teach from a perspective of uh, personal experience, direct experience, because I know everybody's doped up on research bias and scientism right now or follow the science, you know, but all that stuff is bought and paid corporate. Most of it, I should say, is bought and paid, you know, corporate, uh, quote unquote, science. My mentor likes to say uh, scientists are the prostitutes of the modern era. And so uh, you can skew data. You can skew data and basically say anything you want to sell any product. And let's face it, the number one products out there are pharmaceutical drugs. And so, uh, and um, they're, uh, you know, these are all, you know, their diseases are marketing campaigns. And the side effects is a marketing gimmick, right? There are no side effects. They are toxic effects on the human body. And so, so, you know, years later in my healing journey, I was drinking ayahuasca with the Indians in the Amazon and um, I had, you know, very powerful visions and I came out of the Amazon as a full blown, you know, activist. And hopefully I'm not like some misguided, unbalanced, <laughs> libtard <laughs> activist, right? You know? But in my ideas, there's definitely a lot of uh, progressiveness, and uh, and that is very left leaning, as well as I'm a conservative. You know, I'm very balanced, right? Or at least I'd like to think I am. And so I have values like uh, God, God is important, family first. Um, you know, these types of things, fundamental values. And then I also have very progressive you know, liberal type ideas. I believe in a world beyond money. I believe in a world beyond oil. And if you know anything about money, we are spending petrodollars right now. And so, uh, and we have no gold backing, so there's no intrinsic value. So I have very forward thinking ideas beyond drug companies, weapon companies, media, agribusiness companies, um, and oil companies, these are the five national conglomerates, international conglomerates that I do believe are holding humanity back and holding these ideas in place with the weapons and the media, right? And the media is the new weapon. So I had very powerful visions and I'm a big picture person. And so I work my best to raise awareness. My mission on this planet is to raise human consciousness and change all systems. It's a symbiotic relationship. You can't really change the systems if the consciousness doesn't support it. And bringing this all back to health, because I have a certified health nut brand online, Holistic Health, which is mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual. Um, we're only 
healthy to the degree we are conscious and we are only conscious to the degree we are healthy. And currently 70% of the American people are obese or overweight and nine out of 10 Americans are metabolically dysfunctional. So we've got plenty of work to do. And, um, you know, that's a little bit about my history and where I'm coming from. Yeah, no, Troy, when he was on stage, um, there's, there's, there's few people that capture and hold my attention very long. Um, because I, I just find most people full of shit. I'll just say it. You know, I, there's a lot of people that just say what people want to hear and Troy's not one of those people. And, um, I really respect that, especially from the masculine nowadays. Uh, the masculine is pretty much collapsed into its feminine soul and it's afraid of its own shadow. Uh, and when you find, you know, masculine that's willing to stand in its truth, uh, it, it's, it's inspiring to me because that's what Nicole and I do is trying to help the feminine find its way and the masculine rise to the occasion. Um, and it's, it's, you know, exactly what you're talking about. It's, um, you can't have one without the other. There's this balance that exists in the universe and we're so out of balance right now. And that really comes down to the stuff that you're talking about. And I loved how you put the concept of you have liberal and conservative ideas because they can coexist. And, uh, you know, I resonated so much with that, but also, you know, a man having two children in the world and having all of these, these things, you're looking for legacy and, you know, what, what you're going to leave behind. Um, and I don't think many people really think of it um, as, Hey, what, what does, what does the world look like after I leave? Have I made it a better place or not? And it's completely collapsed. Uh, but I, you know, I loved in your book, um, when you were talking about, you know, helping your wife and, uh, anyway, I wanted to, I wanted to hear from you, like about your journey into being grounded masculine and kind of, you know, how that whole process kind of unfolded for you in a world that doesn't really appreciate men the way that it should. Yeah. And, you know, I like to bring as much balance to this conversation as we can. I think, I think masculine and feminine, we're just all completely out of balance. We're all mixed up like pasta primavera, <laughs> you know, as far as, <laughs> as far as I can see. And so, um, you know, when I was living in Santa Monica and look, I didn't have a lot of teachings and I write about this in my book. I didn't have a lot of teachings on legacy. I didn't know what I was doing. I was chasing paper, right? I was chasing, you know, go to college, get a good job. Okay. Counselor, what is, where's the money in, in, in this? Oh, science and math. Okay. Start studying math. What the fuck am I going to do with that? Right. Oh, to get into a science job. Okay. All right. Well, I didn't last that long in, in, in there before I got an opportunity to start modeling, which was paper, right? Chasing. Oh, that sounds like, oh, there's good, big money in that. And, and, and then, and okay, let me try that. All right. And then I, I didn't realize that it had to do with robbing your soul and I couldn't sell my soul. Right. It, it was a, it was a dysfunctional industry. So I, my point is, is I didn't have, uh, and we don't have as a norm, a rites of passage, um, I did a little bit because my parents, my dad left me on the side of the road, right? With all my belongings. And so I had to grow up at 14 years old, right? And so I had a little bit of, but I also had arrested development, right? 
we got drug culture, we've got uh, we've got uh, porn culture, right? Hookup culture. So again, we're all mixed up like pasta primavera. I didn't know who I was, right? So I grow up, you know, what what is sexuality? Oh, well, here's some magazines. You can look at a woman's vagina, <laughs> you know? And then, and then, you know, what what is love? What is oh, we'll just have willy-nilly sex and have abortions on the back end, you know, if it becomes a problem. And so uh so I lived through all that. Oh, then what else are we doing? Oh, we're we're chasing money. Uh, we're chasing paper, you know, you know, get a good job, you know, be, be a pillar in society. And, but what's it all based in? Most of the jobs out there are uh, basically drawing towards our own demise, right? If you're working for pharmaceutical companies, drug companies, uh, uh, weapons manufacturing companies, Northrop Grumman, you know, Boeing, these, these types of companies manufacture weapons, get oil out of the ground. Right. And so, so what are we what are we what are we doing? I, I didn't have a lot of education. You know, who is the masculine? What is it to be a man? Well, I mean, survival, I got that part, right? But you know, who am I in relationship to a woman? No one taught me that, right? I had no teachings on that whatsoever. Um, I was on my own by the time I was 14, and there was a lot of things, especially regarding sex and definitely money. There was no financial um education whatsoever i had to figure out everything uh on my own and so um and i think i think a lot of us uh uh did i think there's a little bit of awakening right now people see that we're in porn culture we're in hookup culture and abortion culture and it is a dead end road people are coming back to traditional conservative values you know what is what is you know, what I teach people in my legacy method is uh, to figure out what their gifts are. And we all have unique gifts. Why do we have to be somebody else? I lived through uh, Gloria Steinem, 1973, burn your bra, second wave of feminism, right? What did that do to this culture? You know, we don't have the women taking care of the natural nurturers of the children. What happened to the food supply since then? Right. We have collapsed completely as we've, quote unquote, arrived. Yeah. According to fucking who. Right. Arrived. There's nothing wrong with some traditional values and protecting the children and natural, primal, you know, animalistic way. So, again, back to, you know, I, I was just as mixed up like pasta primavera as the culture. Right. So chasing paper, hookup culture not really knowing who I am, not connected to my spirituality, not connected to um, uh, my physicality because I didn't know anything about nutrition, right? I didn't know anything um, about detoxification. I had to learn that, which is good. Now, in traditional cultures, they teach herbalism to the children, right? Or the chosen ones, the, 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 the medicine people or the shamans of the tribe, right? And so... And most people have a good understanding of the herbal lore because their grandmother still used herbs, right? We have to remember 150 years ago, there was no pharmacies. There were no hospitals. Everybody, you know, there was midwives around us because who's going to deliver the babies? Who's going to assist in delivering the babies, right? This has become uh, um, 
completely abnormal to have a child now. It's an emergency. You have to go to the hospital and have an operation with a C-section. How the fuck is that? Well, again, we're, we, we have lost our way of traditional values at the same time when technology is skyrocketing and things are changing ever so fast. Look at the Middle East. They went from tribalism to you know complete opulence, I think, in a generation. Right. And so so things change. They're changing very fast. And so so I didn't know who I was. And it was just a process uh, of becoming and figuring it out. And now I realize that it is important to discover our gifts um, and what we have to actually offer. It's very valuable, each individual human being. And I think, look, and I wrote this in my book. Technology displaced uh, my ex-wife's business. It was very lucrative. She let that go briefly because it was kind of going downhill. And one of my businesses was coming up um, and we had children. And so she quit her job. Well, one of my businesses went down, right? And this is this is the ups and downs of, of, of business and our fake economy and all that stuff. 2008, 2009 things started to shift. And so, uh, so my, my, I was like, I was just new on the internet. I was three years on, on YouTube, on social media, building my career there. And, uh, um, I didn't know which direction to turn. I, I was, I was traditionally making money in front of the camera as an actor doing commercials. And there was a lull in that business too. And so, it's 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 so funny. I want to segue for a second, but maybe you remember when Obama, um, when he left office, he gave a uh, was it a trillion trillion dollars, right? A trillion dollars into the economy. He bailed out the banks, right? The two thousand seven two thousand eight mortgage crisis crash, which was all allowed by the banks, and then we bailed out the banks, right? And so. Uh, there, oh, that's right. And also uh, the car companies and the um, airlines were failing and we bailed them out too. And I remember I was doing auditions for GM products. There was so much government welfare, right? And so there, they, none of it came to me though, right? <laughs> um, so there, there where I was auditioning for these GM products, the car companies, right? The car companies were failing, right? Completely failing and the governments, you know, uh, subsidized them and bailed them out. And so I did a Cadillac commercial. I did the whole fleet. And I shot, you know, multiple days. And, uh, and I was talking to the production people. And they were like, wow, this this is like a feature film. They're spending like $100 million on this. I could, you know, and, and they're like, uh, we've never seen anything like this. And I was like, what the hell is that? A few months later, I asked my, my agent. I said, hey, um, when's that commercial going to start running? Oh, they got a new advertising company and they scrapped the whole thing. But this is the world we live in, right? So so I just wanted to paint that picture because it, it's it's all just a big illusion, especially as you see all this Bitcoin nonsense going on as well. It's like crazy. And so 
So there I was with my ex-wife and uh, one of my businesses went down. She was like, I'm going to go back to my fashion work. And she didn't want to. She was so afraid. But it was the only thing she knew how to do. And she, and I weaned my daughter. So my daughter was about 11 months at the time. And so, and she's like, what are we going to do? And I was like, well, I'll take care of the children. I don't think farming them out to nannies is a good idea. What the fuck do we have children for in the first place if we're just going to toss them out, right? No, I'm not going to do that. I'll watch the kids. If that's what you really feel is going to be the most beneficial, then you go ahead and do that. Well, I'll tell you, the traditional roles that are flipped, she fucking hated me for that. She hated me for it. You think, you think she would be like, yeah, save the kids, no nannies, I get it. Yeah, we'll figure it out in the long run, right? No, she hated me for it. And, mm-hmm. and let me tell you, as much as I took care of the kids and I loved them and, and I loved that whole situation playing Mr. Mom and stuff, Hormonally, energetically, nurturing-wise, I can't compete with the feminine. I fucking can't, right? They would abandon me the second she'd walk through the door, right? And then I was exhausted. She was exhausted. So there you go. There's our roles completely. Gloria Steinem flipped, right? I'm here to help, right? The the man's here to help. He's going to fucking save the day on whatever level he's going to save the day. Fucking showed up like, 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 uh, the real collegiate spirit, right? I'm going to do this. Total disrespect across the board. No brownie points whatsoever. Not even to this day, right? And I, I actually give myself the brownie points, right? I give myself the pride. Take care of my children. Get get them around me as much as possible. I will take care of them no matter what. And so, so, so there's our society. We've got this chasing paper thing, men not knowing who they are impregnating women, getting abortions, you know, then then getting into the workplace, having a family, and then and then, you know, trying to make things work because there's always ups and downs, especially with technology now, things are shifting like this, right? And then giving it the old collegiate try and and trying to keep the family together, but what that whole burn your bra, make your own fucking food, I don't need a man. That shit's saturating the culture. And my ex-wife is, uh, uh, she's a Korean national, right? So she has traditionalism baked in to her culture. However, she's Americanized. She's come over here. She's an industrialist. So again, no right or wrong, you know, not trying to point the finger, but this is how mixed up we are. This is, we can't even make it work. We can't even make like good stuff work. Like, okay. All right, you're good at that. I'm good at this. Or you'll try that and I'll try this. Uh, let's come together and make it work. No, it was war across the dinner table, right? You make more money. You do this. You that's not working. And it's and I'm not the only one, right? I know plenty of families that are at war as well. And so, and I think there's also a statistic. You want to talk about hookup culture? I think women that have more than five, five partners get depressed from just mm-hmm. having one mm-hmm. man after a while. Like there's some psychology behind that. There's some statistics. And so, so again, back to, you know, w- what are we doing? And I think these are all tools of our own awakening because how painful can it get? Right. And we're, we're still look at the internet. We're still pointing the finger, right? 
your fault, right? <laughs> but the systems that are entrenched and baked in by the kings and queens of the world, the elite or whatever you call them, the systems are a little out of balance. And again, it's not about playing the victim. It's like, okay, where do we go from here? Okay, let's see the, you know, the fishbowl, you know, it, it, it fish inside the fishbowl. Let's see the forest for the trees. Let's like, okay, all right, this is where we're at. Okay, what are we going to do now? Instead of just denying it, sticking our head in the sand, spiritual bypassing, like, yeah, everything's just love and light. Okay. Okay. All right. You've seen them African kids that are getting cobalt out of the ground for your cell phones? Them little slave five-year-old kids and shit? I mean, is that, do you see us dropping bombs on Syria, Libya, Iraq, Afghanistan, calling it patriotism and uh, terror, fighting terrorism? Lies. Fucking treachery and lies. We all know we're being lied to systematically. Wear a mask. Muzzle your fucking face. Don't breathe. Inject yourself with poison. Yeah, you're being lied to. You want to act like you're not? You got your, 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 your head in the sand. So this is the great awakening. It's not as, it's not as uh, utopian as maybe we envisioned the, uh, the golden age coming online. Never is, though. It's always got to be, you know, ugly because people don't wake up when it's all sunshine and rainbows. It's got to get dark for people to actually see shit. It's wild. Uh, but, you know, I know you won't point fingers, but I will at the feminine. I mean, the the the, the failure of the feminine and the collapse into the masculine has been God. All I mean, it's I was reading a book. There's a book called Nefarious plot and the movie just came out and it talks about the statistics um of millennial men 70 percent of millennial men have given up on women they've either collapsed into porn addiction or that they have decided that women don't know what they want so they've just completely given up um you know and a, a quarter of those still live at home with their parents and you know it, it, there's there's a lot that's going on uh but i meet more toxic women than i do men uh, it's, it's, it's actually wild to me that, um, and I, I posted a video probably a year and a half ago now, but saying that I see more toxic masculinity in women than I ever have in men, you know, men are kind of just like, okay, what, well, what is the feminine men want? Like they actually want more stability than women do. It's actually wild. Right. But it's exactly what you're talking about that, um, you know, sex and everything goes out of your marriage if there's not respect and cherishing. If a woman's not being cherished and a man's not being respected, if you're trying to be both, you're a narcissist and the relationship is going to go to shit. Uh, but we're we're breeding narcissism. We're not breeding love. We're fighting for power, not for love. And it's a, it's a really unfortunate thing. But the toxicity in the feminine is what I really see. Um, more than I do in the masculine. The masculine has collapsed under the, you know, welfare state that turned into the feminist movement. Um, you know, they first had to get the welfare state plugged in before they could rise the feminine to destroy, you know, essentially families. When they started destroying families by women turning into men and having what's called a masculine shield, um, you know, I want this, I need that. Ba -na 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 -na. That's not feminine. That's just like annoying masculine energy. Um, there's no inspiration. There's no challenge. 
you know, the hookup culture, just like you were saying, I mean, what's what, like, has anybody ever heard of vasopressin in a man's brain? If you have sex with a guy on a first date, you're done. There's no monogamy. They think that you're screwing everything and you probably are. They can't commit to that. So it's a, it, as a society, it's wild to watch, um, or well, wake up to, because, you know, I'm, I'm a millennial. I went to college. So did Nicole, like all of the shit that we were fed is just, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. The lies, um, you know, the vaccines, all of this stuff. What did you guys study? So I studied business and nutrition. Um, and the nutrition was a bunch of bullshit from the, cause it's all <laughs> basically by sponsored by Coca-Cola. So yeah, don't go to college for nutrition. It's bullshit, but did you learn business? I did. Yeah. But I, um, you know, I actually learned more business from, I became a private flight attendant from the billionaires. I flew on the planes learning that books are pretty much bullshit and that, uh, there's actually a really good story. There was a guy that I flew that was from Century 21 Construction and he's not college educated and his daughter was in college at the time and she got on the plane and I was talking to them and she had written a college paper and a based on her father's company and her professor had given her an F and her father went into the building and said, no, like this is my business model. This is how I've made billions of dollars. And she goes, but it's not based on the book and I have to grade it based off the book. And he was like, great, I'm pulling my daughter out of college. F this. This entire thing is ridiculous. So you're sitting there and he was like, this is, they're not taking real world things that work. They're teaching a book that doesn't work. He's like, this entire book is bullshit. Doesn't work in college. And it was a conversation that the three of us were having on the plane. And I'm like, this guy is flying in a $65 million plane. He's worth probably five or $6 billion. And his daughter got an F on her paper because of it. And it, you learn that as one of my ex bosses say, owning a company is like getting punched in the face over and over again, but you learn to step into it instead of retract from it. Um, I learned more from people like that than I ever did in college. College's base was for me a waste of money. Um, you know, I, I learned from the people with first world experience, which is funny because only one of them was college educated. And I've flown a lot of billionaires. One had a college education. Most of them were just brilliant with people and followed their intuition over and over and over again. I would just hear, I don't know. I just knew it was an instinctual thing and they just function on a very aligned field where they see something and it is just like tunnel vision. I see this and I'm doing it and they don't care who says no to them. It's a feeling that they have and they align with in their hearts. And I don't even think that they can probably explain it to this extent. But I mean, I even used to work for the guy that invented data analytics and he worked for the DuPont brothers. And he's like, this is a bunch of bullshit. I can do something better. Quit. And the DuPont brothers gave him $25,000 um, in a year con or like, you know, workspace he invented data analytics billionaire he went he went from couldn't even afford his apartment at 24 to a billionaire by 26 these people just but again he said everyone thought i was crazy i mean and, and it, it's so much of it and is knowing in your soul and i know when nicole and i started the company and probably when you started yours it was just this knowing you know like in every cell of your body, 
when something is like nutrition or, or, you know, the, the movement in psychedelic, you just, you find something and it's like, everybody needs this. There's, there's just this. And that's that, um, intuition instinct, whatever you want to call it. It's the X factor, but most people don't have the grit to have people tell them that they're nuts. It if also you hurts getting punched in the face over and it over does. again. It does, but it's worth it in the end because, you know, when you when you see people actually have those aha moments and they thought that you were nuts, probably, you know, you see it over and over, Troy, with like health stuff. They're like, this isn't gonna work. And then it does. Mm-hmm. And then there's like this epiphany that they have that they've been lied to their whole lives. And it can happen in so many different ways. Um, but it's it's just that the programming, especially through schools and the indoctrination is insanity. It's in every piece of nutritional fact that I learned in college was completely bullshit. Dr. Berg, who I ended up working with when I lived out in Washington, DC, pretty much was like, nope, that's a lie. Nope, that's a lie. Nope, that's a lie. Do you know this is all funded by Coca-Cola? Do you know how this is all funded by? Like, oh shit. So it's um it's a wild world. Well, but it starts with I mean it's it's slavery. It starts them at the core base of, you know, you have to do what is it like early education and then you have middle school and you have high school and half of high school is just spending talking to college counselors and getting these, you know, 4.0 or 4.8 GPA and this valedictorian shit. And then it's like to go to college and to just debt, there's so much debt Mm -hmm. involved. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, you know, Troy, you're talking about money, right. And like chasing paper, but like, there's also this entire society right now, especially in our generation and the generation following us of just debting just, I just more and more and more consumption to the point where like, they have no other choice than to play victim because, you know, this government is like, oh, well, we'll bail you out, vote for me. And it's like, what is happening? Like no one can think for themselves. No one can step out of this such deep ingrained programming around money that it's like, so often they feel like there's no other choice than to go to school because of the labeling that has happened in our society. It's very deep. Well, you guys are programming me to what I already kind of know. And, um, you know, it's a weird thing because my children are 12 and 15. My son's playing hockey, but I also want him to read literature because I know Einstein said the imagination is more important than, um, uh, the knowledge and so so they can start dreaming but trying to enforce the kids to read has been a learning curve uh but that's where i lit my my mind lives my children were both in waldorf and montessori for the most of their life and that has translated uh, into excellence for me and the children and uh, my daughter's 12, six, she just left sixth grade and I'm contemplating on just a year of travel and just really being with her. And, uh, mm-hmm. but you guys are confirming what I already know. And look, my mentor, Paul Check was a ninth grade dropout. And, yep, yep. you know, most of the super successful people were at minimum C students, right? <laughs> if, if not dropouts completely. And I got kicked out of every school that I ever went to. I ended up finishing high school because 
you know, socially, I really liked being in school. And even though I didn't have the home life, I put myself through school and I used uh, juvenile hall when I was in juvenile hall to accumulate credits so that I could graduate from, you know, I had the socially accepted elements, right? Even when I was in juvenile hall, I passed my GED just in case they wouldn't let me back into, into high school for my senior year, but they did. So I had all those fail-safe elements. Then I even went to college, right? I put myself through three years of college, but it wasn't very useful, except for the Spanish that I learned helped me speak Italian when I lived in Italy. But uh, um, yeah, so that's where my head is at. Like, how can I give my children the biggest fighting chance? My son has kind of buried himself into hockey. It's given him some relief as my wife and I went through two divorces, we got back together and it's been very challenging on him. So the fact that he has a sport that's so graceful and loaded with discipline and, um, you know, I'm, I'm okay with that, even though it's connected to the bread and circuses situation, Uh, you know, it's a little conflicting, but he loves it so much. It's a, it's a huge talent. And I think he can build on that with my daughter. I just, you know, I want to get her in a position you know, she, she's going to be an orator like me. She wants to be an actress. I just want to get her in the right position um, so that, you know, that they can create their dreams, you know, by all means. Like my mind, where I'm at right now, if it wasn't for all this hockey stuff, I mean, I'd be, I'd be somewhere with land and focusing on producing my own food. Um, mm-hmm. And I know that that's so important, especially for these times. And, uh, but I'm not doing it. Anyways, I digress. So tell me, what did you study in school and what did you get out of it? Um, so I originally went to be a K through 12 art teacher and I actually, my third year, my junior year, I went and I did classroom observation and I was like the parents, I couldn't, the parents were just running rampant. I mean, the children were great. I love kids. Kids are just like, they, I don't know. I just like speak to children. They're like my, they're like my soul creatures. <laughs> She's a cancer. Yeah. Um, So I remember I was like doing my junior capstone. I had to like do all these hours. And I went to my counselor and I was like, um, I'm not, I don't, I don't deal well with parents telling me how to do my job. And she was like, well, you either pick now or you shouldn't be a teacher. Like you either need to surrender into it and know that parents are going to be the ultimate challenge through your entire career and you're not going to get paid a whole lot but you're going to love what you do and or you change your entire you know your route and so I actually remember the phone call I called my parents and I said I'm not going to be a teacher anymore I and I was almost done with school at that point and I'm going to just go and take a couple business classes do advertising and just be a graphic designer. So I did that and um, I didn't learn shit, to be honest. I did a lot of like in my business classes, I just remember like all these group projects, like they weren't realistic. We would have to like write these bullshit business plans, but like, you know, you had a million dollars as your budget. Of course, anyone can write a budget, budget, you know, a beautiful business plan with a million dollar cash. That's not real life. Um, it's not, especially as an entrepreneur, like you're, maybe you've got 25,000 capital if you're lucky. Um, and so I actually, you know, I, I did about six months in the advertising firm and I said, forget this, this isn't, 
this isn't what I thought it was. And I completely left. I ended up actually going and becoming a hairdresser and I did hair for the last 10 years. And let me tell you the shit I learned about people is nothing, nothing to what a textbook can teach you. And I had an amazing mentor that that was, you know, that's the thing. Like we have gotten away from mentorships. We've gotten away from this, you know, knowledge being passed generationally. And in the industry of hair, if you don't have a good mentor, you don't succeed. Like that's the bottom line. And I was very fortunate to have a mentor who she quite frankly took me under her wing and she broke my ego and she taught me everything I needed to know about business. And she taught me everything I needed to also. And that, that period in my life is to understand that, like, you have to actually look at yourself in the mirror. What part of you is broken that you're carrying into your business? And what part of you is repelling other individuals? And so, you know, there's a, uh, you know, trade schools are definitely shamed on, you know, it's, but there's a lot to be said about them. And, um, you know, those, those that have been in, you know, the hair industry, I'm no longer in the hair industry. Um, but being able to talk about money with people to be able to be there for them and hold space is something that they will never, you don't learn in a, in a college class, no matter, no matter how many years, you know, I, I, we were just down in Mexico and I was thinking, wow, I, took Spanish class from the time I was in first grade all through my schooling and I'm still not fluent. What is wrong with our school system? I should be a hundred percent fluent by now. I even did three and a half years of Spanish in college. What is happening? Um, you know, I'm almost 35 years old and I've had, you know, over 12 years of education. There's something broken in our system. If American children aren't able to come out being able to speak a fluent language and in other countries, that is like part of their everyday curriculum. They're speaking Spanish, English, French, Italian. Um, you know, it, you're starting to see, at least I'm starting to see like the gaps of a culture um, that we have, we have definitely succumbed to ourselves because of a system that's very broken. So yeah, <laughs> Whoop, there it is. Whoop, there it is. Um, but also, you know, I think that there's a lot of room for growth, you know, especially like with your daughter, you know, having a father is so important. Um, you know, we, Megan and I, we had to, our father wasn't really involved. He's of course we've mended the relationship here and now, but it, um, it's so important to have a father, in those pivotal moments of life, especially, you know, she's 12, right? So she's, you're her protector. You're her guardian right now. You know, like you're setting the stone, you're setting up for like the man that she'll find and be with, you know? So I give you, you know, that's, that takes a lot and doing that sets an example for other men behind you because we so much as the feminine need the fathers protecting their, their daughters right now. Yep. Even my estranged ex-wife, I think she realizes that, you know, we've had some conversation. She likes to fight me on almost everything, but she, she's, she's realizing, especially she's like, you know, she's going to get her period soon. And I said, no shit. You put me right next to her. I'm right here. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm going to ride it. I'm going to ride it all out, you know, w with her, you know, again, I don't, I don't know much, but I'm going to give it the old college try. And this is my child. 
I love this person no matter what, right? And so, um, yeah, my whole objective, the best parenting book that I had read, and I'd read some bullshit ones, like how to break your children from sleeping with you. And like, <laughs> they, were, they would freak out. They'd fucking in the crib. They'd be screaming. It would break your heart. And you're like, what the fuck? Who taught that shit? Anyhow, yeah, sleep with your children for as long as you can. It's, it's, it's normal, right? Normal. It's easy. It's normal. Uh, but they said, uh, you know, when the children are very young, they're not going to understand your words. And when the children are older, they're not going to want to listen to them. However, if you get them close to your heart, your heart is 5,000 times magnetic, electromagnetic strength than your mind. Right. So just get them close to your heart. So my whole objective is just keep them close. Just keep them close. And uh, I talk to them. They both have uh, Dallas sexual Kung Fu counselors. Right. So I said, OK, teenager now. All right, you're going to understand sexuality. And these guys aren't your average Tantra teacher off the Internet. Right. Yeah. They're not sleazy or anything. They they, they come from Montauk Chia's lineage. Uh, they're very. Both of them are very Zen, right? Uh, the girl is in her 20s. She's got a psychology degree. She comes from a broken home. And the guy is like one of Montauk Chia's top guys. He's like a non-judgmental, just very, very knowledgeable guy. Uh, and he's straight up. And that's what I love. And uh, so but they've, they've been working with them for at least a year. And uh, my daughter, you know, she's like, can, can I talk to Monica? Can I talk to Monica this week? You know, I used to have to make her do it. And uh, and now, you know, her body's changing and everything else. So she has a woman to speak with. She's she's mm -hmm. knowledge. She's educated and listening and psychology and understanding. And she also has this whole Taoist element if uh, the children ever want to go deeper. And my son already does. You know, pornography's everywhere. And so my son... Uh, he was, I think he gave him some exercises for a tennis ball up in his scrotum to keep all the vascularity, um, mm -hmm. you know, plus he's an athlete. And so just to keep everything, you know, moving uh, down there. And so, and I don't know what they talk to him. Maybe they even get in deeper. He gives them some tips on this, that, or the other thing. Cause my son's older, my daughter, mm -hmm. she's not even getting into the sexual talk right now, but my son, you know, he's got a human being that he can discuss this with. I'll discuss it with him too, but they don't want to, they don't want to hear it from dad. Right. <laughs> but, you know, I, I do let him know. I said, you know, you, you can have sex with someone. Hey, maybe you should love them. Right. You know, cause abortion's painful and, uh, and, uh, and all sorts of relationship issues are painful. So be very wise with your sexuality. I'm trying to get my daughter to dress more um modestly and that is a bit challenge obviously we live in 100 degrees uh desert but uh at least we're planting the seeds also it's, it was it was kind of weird because i watched the psychology change as her boobs came out her shoulders came forward i was yep. like oh no 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 we face life right we face that that's why she needs her dad around she's been with her mom the whole year I, I see this. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. You got to face life, right? And be proud of it, right? Strength and vulnerability. Be open. Stay open.
Well, and it's, it's so important. I think also like with children, there's so many parents that just turn a blind eye or they just give them a book and they don't have an open conversation. That's a huge, huge part of our culture. Like our culture doesn't have that, but if you go to, I mean, even the whole sleeping, like you were talking about sleeping with your children, that is our culture not accepted. Right. But in other cultures, they sleep with their children because sometimes they only have one bed. There's that they don't have options. Like, and it is, you know, those children are, you see in other cultures, they're closer with their families. You know, you go down to Mexico, go, go travel to a foreign country. The children want to be with their parents. The child, it's a, it's a, you can see the energy exchange that's happening between parent and child, the knowledge that's being passed. There's, there's transparency within the family, but we have such a broken culture. We have divorce culture, porn culture, abortion culture, hookup culture, TikTok culture, drug culture, Instagram, boob culture. Like it's, you know, baddie culture, you name it. Right. Yet this is something that does start with like your relationship with your child from such a young age, when you break them and you put them in a crib and you separate them from the child, you know, it's no different than having someone else raise your child for you. You know, like why have children then if you're going to have someone else, you know, feed them, raise them, educate them. Um, You know, that's a very biased opinion in mine. I know, but I just think it's so, it's so much of our root as humans that we have gotten away with because we're so busy running after something else. Yep. That is the truth. And thank God I realized, you know, I was 40 when I started having children. I was like, I want all the glory, right? I I had these children. They're so amazing. My son was born in water. I put it on my YouTube channel. I don't know if you've seen it, but, uh, and I caught a bunch of flack from all these libtards, you know, I go, I go, uh, I said something like, I, I chose to have my son in water, right? And then people are like, are you a woman? Do you have a vagina? How can you choose? Okay, whatever. Splitting the hair on the semantics. The bottom line is, is I'm a conscious adult. And if it was left up to just willy-nilly and I didn't man up on it, we would have gotten a C-section. My wife would have had her abdominal wall cut open. All sorts of problems from there. Children from C-section births, uh, psychologically, they're much more challenging to deal with because they don't have the DMT squeeze coming through the the vaginal channel. Mm -hmm. You know anything about that? Actually, I don't know much about that. I'd love to hear more. Well, the the brain is soft, right? We got the soft spot. Right. And then it comes through the vagina. It squeezes. And the pineal gland is right there. There comes all the DMT. Woo! Planet Earth, baby. (laughs) <laughs> Makes sense. I have arrived <laughs> well and it's also like the vaginal canal like all the bacteria and everything it actually is really important for the kid's immune system too yeah. because that actually is a huge year that's why you're not supposed to wash the baby for I think it's like 48 hours or correct longer because that soaking all in and you know all the fluid and everything is actually very very important for the baby and there's the- a reason things are done the way they are well I mean it's it's doctor nation from the time of birth I mean, you have a baby in a sterile environment that there's doctors and surgeons and they're poking and prodding and they're telling you this and they're giving you drugs. I mean, like you're literally entering the world into a system where like women of women and like culturally, 
I mean, African women are not going to the hospital. Like they're going to their midwife or their shaman or their medicine woman and they're squatting in a hut with women all around them and they're pushing that baby out. And there's not, you know, there's no intervention very rarely. Yep. If any. So but Yep. I mean my 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 daughter my daughter ended up in the hospital. And so um so um there was a lot of stress. We had black mold in a house when we first moved in and then we had the baby two or three months later. So whatever happened, she had preeclampsia, but, uh, you know, I, w- I, I didn't play along. I didn't play nice. Right. They wanted me to sign these documents. Like we'll save your daughter, but can you just sign this right here? I'm like, I, I just, I'm, I'm terrible with paperwork. So I was just like, why? And then they were like, well, my intuition was like, no. Mm -hmm. And they were like, well, what do you mean? And I was like, no, you know, very clear. And then I was the guy that asked questions. As soon as my daughter came out, um, they wiped uh, vitamin K or that bacteria, antibacteria over the eyes. And I I said, who put that on her? I did. And don't touch my fucking kid unless you ask me for anything. Get that clear. And so she ended up in the ICU and then they wanted me to sign these documents or whatever. And I was like, no. And so my whole objective, because I know that uh, hospital induced uh, deaths and doctor induced deaths, number one killer in the United States of America. Right. And so if you compile all the data from adverse reactions to properly prescribed drugs, and uh, malpractice and um, all sorts of issues, uh, hospital deaths, my objective was like, Latch baby on the mommy, get the frig out of here, you know? And so and that took five days, right? In the meantime, I wouldn't sign these documents. They sent some, the head of HR down to talk to me. She's like, hi, how are you? It's very nice, right? She's like, hi. She's like, can you sign these papers? No. And she's like, wow. Well, in 10 years I've been here, I've never met someone like you. And I was like, good, good. Uh, I like that. Thank you. That's a, yeah. And I hope more come behind me. Yeah. And the thing was, is when I walked in the ICU, everybody knew who I was and everybody knew who my daughter was. And I was like, good. Stay on your toes. No mistakes over here. Right. And so. Yeah. So, yeah, I like my hospital experience for, for, for learning. And I wish I wish these practitioners, they would they would work with the 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 people, but they don't. And so, because there's a God complex with the doctors, why is that? Because that's part of the conditioning of the programming of Rockefeller medicine and Rockefeller education. You don't question the lab coat. And if you know anything about the Stanley Milgram experiment, 67% of the population will kill you if an authority figure in a lab coat or an authority figure in general tells you what to do. They will kill you. Only 33% of the people will do what's right. So anybody listening out there, you want to ask yourself that question. Will you do what's right the next time they try and mask you? They try and mask your friends or your family or your children or drug you or kill you, right? Will you do the right thing or will you be a good little Nazi brown shirt? Rat out your parents, rat out your children, Right. And suffocate yourself and your children. 
Who, who are you going to be? You're going to do the right thing. You're going to do what's in your soul that's right, and you know that's right. Or are you going to go along, get along, thinking you're going to survive, but you're just on your way to the gas chamber yourself? But that's, I mean, when you look at, there's actually a graph that we work with that's, you know, 100% of the population, and it shows, you know, that 80% of the population is actually beta, right? You know, that that's a huge amount. There's only really... Um, 5% of the population on both sides, both, you know, you've got the alphas that are really yucky. Um, you know, the pimps, the basically drug all dealers. of our government yeah. drug dealers. Yeah. The cartel, you know, they, I, the yeah. cartel, you know, like, you know, the, the 40% of the population follows them. And then there's 5% of the population that's alpha. That's actually in the light and 40% of the population follows them. So it's, you know, that, that actually makes a lot of sense to me. I'm surprised. I'm actually surprised 30, 30% is higher than I thought it would be. Well, um, I think that's initially when he did that, but I think there's very, there's variations and expansion on the Milgram experiment, Stanford in the sixties, yeah. CIA funded it. Um, I think, I, I think I forget what there's varying degrees, but it is about an 80, 20. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 80 20, because it, it's it's so well, oh yeah, I had that wrong. It's 10% good, it's 10% bad, and then five percent is feminine and five percent is masculine. But it's uh it's wild that that's how because I'm like, why is there because one of our mentors is in her 90s and she talks a lot about like alpha females, alpha males, and you know, and then 80% of the population are following a very small amount that's actually able to lead and i'm seeing that more and more and the funny thing is is that everybody thinks they're an alpha but that's not actually the truth and a great way to find out whether you're an alpha or not is would you stand up to authority would you tell somebody to f off for what you believed in if not if you're afraid of authority you are not an alpha bye like you better find somebody to follow that's good or at least, you know, has stands up for what's right, because if not, you're following the negative side of things, because most people are, in fact, betas. And that's just is what it is. Most people are uh, sheep. They're not, but they are. It, it's oh, shocking to me. We work with people all the time. And it's, it's like, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I never realized, um, you know, and, and being an alpha female is its, its own sort of jacked up mind shit because i get schooled all the time by my mentor that i talk like a man which is hilarious uh because i do but i was we were raised as little boys i was raised to accomplish i was raised you know do go be better do more I was like what is a feeling i have no idea what a feeling is i had no idea what was cherished um what was being cherished it's just how it is uh you know, but i'm actually grateful for that in the scheme of things because i don't have a problem with authority i'll tell someone right where to get off it's like oh okay there's your exit like bye uh but these things all come with their own set of shadow you know self and you know the the dating pool is interesting because i have very little respect for most men if you cannot stand up for yourself if you cannot stand up to me if you can't if you don't have ambition or vision or like where you're going and what you're doing that it's just like why are you here? If you ask somebody that 90% of the time, they're like, I don't know. 
Well, most of them are looking for mommies. I don't know. Like, well, I'm not gonna be your mom. So, you know, sorry. It's, uh, it's just such a strange world. We really live in a strange world. And our dad is a beta male. I mean, he's, he's a wonderful man, but he is a complete, he's been completely emasculated. Um, and all of his sisters are psycho alpha females, but like in the dark side, they're all liberals and, you know, are very unconscious to what's actually happening but then they claim to be good Christians. And yet now their children's, their their grandchildren are like non-binary and all of this stuff. It's wild to me. Like you can't sit there and claim to be a Christian and then say that a man can claim to be a woman and that's fine. I'm like, what is going on? You don't believe in God then because God created man and woman. What is like a man can't be a woman that that's not the way it works. You're completely discounting God's creation. Then it, it, it's, it, it's like the hypocrisy is insane. Yeah, it's 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 insane. It's it's Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. <laughs> I well, and when we were in Mexico over the weekend, it was so good because I was like, wow, men open doors. They like they'll put my luggage in the car. They'll like smile and say hi to me and a guy like walk up and be like, Hey, I want your phone number. And I was like, what do I do? Okay. <laughs> it was so designed. Cause I'm so used to beta males in America. Cause they're all betas. I'm like, not all of them. The uh, vast majority of them. How many have we met? Like 1% of the population in America is alpha. Yeah. I will, I will stand I by that. All of them. The ones that 90. I have met, but it was like, oh my gosh, like we're in Mexico. This is the but it, it's just, it's evident. Well, it's so evident. Their culture is much different. They're rejected every day. Walk down Fifth Street and Playa and people are constantly telling them no. No, no, no. I don't want to buy shit from you. No, no. Like that builds masculinity. It's challenge, right? Like how many, how so often, like if you told a man in America, no, he would probably go cry. Oh, for sure. They go cry. They go disappear into their like sad little hole until they find a woman that is so into her masculine. She's just going to mother him with her vagina. Like that's literally what's happening. They're all Peter Pan's. Yeah. They're just getting they're like, lost on the boys. tennis. It's like, and not in a good way. No, no, it's, it's not in a good way at all, but that's, yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's very, very true. But I loved being down there. The, as like, I did so too, by the way, I, I, yeah, I, energy there I was there two months ago. Different. I love it. It's like, oh my gosh, all of a sudden I want to wear dresses and I automatically energetically drop into my feminine. It's like my, my masculine shield just goes down and it's like, whoa, that's how fascinating energy is because you're responding to it all the time, whether you realize it or not. It's just, I, yeah, we're actually going to planning on moving there part-time because I just, I was like, wow, there's not guts. People aren't fat. The food is actually like clean, far better than it is in America. Energetically, everything is more in alignment for me down there than it is here where I feel like I constantly have to have my guard up because they're, you know, you have to worry about people's intentions and just stuff that you shouldn't have to, to the same, to the degree that we do here. Um. Well, in Mexico is also like a lawless land. You fuck around, you find out real quick. <laughs> like you do. Like you gotta, you gotta do walking down the street with an AK-47. You fuck off, he's gonna shoot you. Like, That's I mean, fair. I have not seen this, nor do I ever want to see that. But like, 
there's something about authority and something about like, I mean, but I also know that if there was an emergency and I needed to be protected, they're there. Like, you know, we're in a, we're in a society where it's like defund the police. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Calm down. Like, like what did they do wrong? Just because you watched a video on Instagram that, you know, they killed some dude. Well, did they kill him? Like start asking questions. Um, you know, we can go down that wormhole, but it, it's, it's a place where it's like, there are rules that there are not a lot of rules, but if you, you know, step out of line, you know, buy drugs from the cartel, you're going to find out and it's not going to be pretty for you. And we have no consequences in our society anymore. Well, and we-, we have no, we have no ceremony for men. We have no rituals. We have nothing. We are just, you know, I, I mean, we really are like Troy said, a giant plate of I can't remember what you said. Primavera. I was going to say spaghetti. Pasta primavera. Pasta primavera. We're just a hot mess. And people are, you know, and it's funny being down in Mexico, we were talking to people. They're like, oh, America, like y'all are a hot mess. Like, we're just laughing at you. Like, we're just, you guys are, what is happening? That's what they said in like, Mexico? Yeah, we were, we were, um, we were talking to a Canadian lady and a guy from the UK. Well, we were in an ayahuasca ceremony. First of all, there was a six-year-old girl oh, in yeah. our ceremony and I fucking loved her. I was I like, thought oh my God. Yeah, we did think of you. Because you had mentioned that yeah, you're down your in kids, Arizona. But she sat in ceremony with us. She didn't even, she didn't even take ayahuasca because, you know, often kids don't even need the help because they're magical just in themselves. But she was all love and she sat in ceremony with us all night. And I was just like, this is just, my heart is like bursting because this human is going to grow up knowing what true medicine is. And she's just, this one woman was struggling so much. She was crying so hard next morning, the next morning. And Zoe was the little girl's name, six years old, just gets up, walks out behind her. And then just like tat, like just wraps her arms and legs around her and starts kissing her like on the shoulder and on the cheek. And I was like, my whole being just when you see love, like she's the essence of love and that's how all of us should be. It's like, you see someone hurting and you want to just like hold space for them because that's a human experience. We all fall apart and it's having somebody that just sees you and shows up. You don't, they don't have to go through it for you. They don't have to like try to make it better. They just have to hold space. And it's like, how does a six-year-old know this? And the entire society is fucked in the head. Of course she's German, but, um, you know, every time I go down and I do ayahuasca, or I do a plant medicine ceremony. I just come back to love every time. And it's like, wow, I can fall in love with a group of 19 people. I don't, I think there was that many, but I didn't even have to know their names. Every single one of those people I felt love for, like, that's the pure essence of being human. Where has that gone? So, so in saying that, and that was kind of, you know, my, my talk, you know, where, where do you guys, you know, see us headed? Cause obviously love and gratitude is what comes out of those types of ceremonies. And, uh, and we're not there right now. So where, what are the solutions that you guys really see? What's, what's the vision of the future? The vision of the future is to balance the masculine and the feminine, you know, the, the, feminine body, the yin body with the yang soul connect the two. People aren't even aware that we have both energies. They think they have to choose. It's not a choice. It's a consciousness of knowing that we have both and what you wish to bring forth at the time, self-awareness and consciousness allow that. 
you know, and then the masculine, the, the yang body and the yin soul and the masculine is so afraid of itself. It's like, yes, there's, there's more animalistic natures to men, like having anger, needing to protect, um, being possessive. All of these things are, there's a book called dangerous passion, um, by David bus. And he talks about the masculine energy. If a man isn't possessive over you, if he doesn't get jealous, he doesn't love you. If there's not this, like, your mind energy. That's not a man in his masculine. Um, it's an amazing book, but it, it's, it's a, it's an allowing of that, right? It's, it's how the feminine reacts to men being and they need, that's why like the need to go hunt or the need to go like tackle each other, or whatever goes on in the male energy field. There's a need for that. There's an aggressive side to the masculine that we've completely repressed to the point where they're going up and shooting up schools and, um, you know, rape has gone through the roof. Suicide has gone through the roof because they're not allowed to have a space to have these, the, these urges and these desires and that they're suppressing their very nature. And so is the feminine, right? You know, the flow, the being, there's a beautiful, uh, essence to just being in the moment. The feminine doesn't have to do anything, but we're constantly in accomplishment. Do, 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 be, 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 be more, be better, be blah, blah, blah. And it's like, what if I just am? What if I just flow with energy? What if I don't have to do anything to deserve a bubble bath or love or any of these things? And they exist in the masculine and the feminine. And what's so wild is that the, the, the masculine is so, it owns the material plane, right? Men are basically bricks, women are air. And if you allow for the masculine to be in that material and you allow the feminine to be the essence, the ethereal, the spiritual side of things, there's a beautiful ebb and flow that goes between the two. And so when I look to the future, I look to the balance of the material and the ethereal, but that exists in the masculine and the feminine, but we've lost touch with it to such an extent that we've collapsed into hedonism. And hedonism at its base is materialistic. If you believe that there's nothing more than just here now in the moment, like material, and you don't believe in a power greater than yourself, you are hedonistic and you will be unhappy. And then there's stoic, right? That believes that this is the playground and there's something greater than this all and that we're here to learn. Um, but there you have to be able to connect the body to the soul. And that's what ayahuasca does. That's what plant medicine does. That's why there's this rise in the consciousness and plant medicine is around it because it's allowing for the bridge to be gapped between the soul and the body, because it's been severed at this point for most of us. Um, and when you re, re rediscover that connection, it's like everything shifts and the material plane and everything, it doesn't matter so much. It's about connection and community and love and family and friends. And that's why I believe that we're going to come back to communities of about 150 because it's uh, the human consciousness can only really remember 150 people. And then you start to forget. So to have, you know, it's basically, I think the native Americans did it really well. You know, they had a quite a balance of the masculine and the feminine, the men were out hunting. They were, you know, they came back, give, right? The feminine receives, and then they would cook and do things. There was a balance there. Everybody took care of the kids, but it was a village mentality of, because two people can't raise a child. Like that's so difficult, 
But I think it's really just masculine, feminine balance, coming back to the importance of it's not the things that you have, it's the people in your life and your connection to God, which is service. Um, you know, how am I giving back? How am I making this place a better place by, and it always comes through you, right? Who are you? Cause you can't teach anything that you don't embody. There's all of these fake gurus and bullshit people that are like, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. You are what we call a spiritual sieve or a love and light Lucy. And you just like spout what you think people want to hear. And you're completely full of shit because it's always like, oh my gosh, everything's so beautiful. Blah, blah, blah. Like, no, life is an absolute shit show, but I wouldn't take a minute of it back because my trauma is my strength. And that's where, how I hold space for people. If I didn't have shitty things in my life, I would be a shitty human because I wouldn't understand pain and pain is actually a guide. And that's also, you know, I see in the future that people aren't afraid of pain. Pain guides us. It's just the suffering that is a choice. And when you collapse into pain and you're afraid of it, that's where addiction comes in. You're either so addicted to pain that you're addicted to norepinephrine, you're a pain addict, or you're a no pain addict. And then you're addicted to substance because anytime any pain comes into your life, you're like, oh, I can't feel that. Chug a bottle of vodka. Yeah, that helps. Um, so, you know, addiction is addiction to the material plane, but it's the inability to deal with pain. And it's the lack of connection with humans because you think it's, you're not safe. So when we come back into love and that community energy, um, and it's coming back home to the the body and the soul and how we are so freaking lucky to be here. We're so lucky, you know, to have this human experience and to really live that through, but live that through with your understanding of God and that how divinely guided you really are and that everybody has a divine purpose and we all have beautiful gifts. And it's how you can give those gifts away because that's what we're here to do. We're here to recognize them and give them away. And that's what fulfillment really comes from is the recognition of, you know, your ability to help and serve others. But that's that connection between the masculine and the feminine, the being and the loving to the actual doing in the service. And that's the beautiful dance between the masculine and feminine. Well, I think it also comes down to letting children guide us, mm -hmm. you know, like after sitting in ceremony with this like beautiful six-year-old. I remember like Jess, she was so pure. She had all the answers, but her mother was not nagging. Mm -mm. She always like, <clears throat> I don't know. There was something about it. And it was, it was so the, we, we want to sculpt the children into a narrative when they come here already knowing so much more, you know, and we are there to protect them and like shield them from the outside world of the bullshit as much as we possibly can. Um, but they are our true teachers and holding the line and being in love for them is the future because they are the future. Because if we balance and we protect them, but we don't change them and tell them what they should and should not be, then they are, they teach us, right? Mm -hmm. And they're the, they're the greatest gifts. And I think so often we don't look at them as that. We look at them of what can I put on them? What can I project on them? What what shit in my life can I, you know, transmute on them? Because, you know, children are, by the age of three, they're scripted by their parents. So what is it that we can do 
to move that forward so that we're not creating these same patterns over and over and over again for the future generation. Troy, same question to you. How do you see the future? Well, my vision is clean air, water, soil, and equitable systems for all mankind in my lifetime. So that is the vision I'm holding. Um, I see that the world is such a beautiful place. I, I, my 5-MEO DMT shaman out of LA, he always likes to say, you know, ask the universe how it can get better than this. And here I am cruising in the first world on my electric bike, beautiful weather, coming back from the gym, you know, I have a beautiful home, yet I'm still so stressed out to the gills, right? So, so much stress, so much uncertainty, you know, some the challenges I was talking about with the children earlier, my ex-wife, um, having success and watching people steal from me. Um, and so, so, so there's a lot, there's a lot of pain. There's a lot of emotional pain, trauma. And then, you know, but then we are actually living better than anyone else on the planet. Right. Cause we have so much material success, so much, uh, so much leisure time. Right. Um, well, I think other other countries also have leisure time, but they certainly don't have as much resources and abundance that we do. And so, um, you know, so so the future of that again, you know, my job is to raise human consciousness and change all systems. I like to use you know humor and education so people can get these deeper concepts that may be in the dark. Uh, in a more easy and understandable way. Um, evident truth, you know, it's so, it's so evident. Again, like, you know, we're using the cell phones, but we don't even question where they come from. We're using the gasoline, but we don't question where it comes from, right? How it gets here, where it comes from, the systems that are supporting it. And so, and the genocide that's behind that, right? So how do we raise that awareness without being a negative ninny and inspire instead of chastise and judge, inspire more balance. And I call balance the balance of the masculine and the feminine. It's the yin yang, inhalation, exhalation, catabolic, anabolic. It's, it's, it's the dualistic paradox that we live in. And so how to transmit, how to transmute this negativity. And so the vision for the future that I see is aligning ourselves with biomimicry, which states in, in life and nature, life creates conditions conducive for life. We take from our natural environment um, and and create conditions that doesn't rape and pillage the environment, making it inhospitable for other, right? It's all in, in balance and we work towards balance. We work towards balance um, and for the sake of balance, not for, and I get this because it's layered nuanced because 
I came out of the jungle realizing that oil exploration was one of the main things cutting down the Amazon rainforest and destroying it. Lumber and pharmaceutical companies stealing the herbal lore and, and making drugs into them. And so the, things are out of balance. And then I would see these oil protesters for Amazon Watch in L.A. And it would be all these do-gooders and like, you know, it was like fighting the oil companies as they were driving their gasoline driven vehicles to the protest. They didn't really, they didn't see themselves entrenched in that which they were fighting. I also witnessed the Santa Monica police having oxy petroleum pins on their detectives, you know, suit, right? I think the, uh, the sergeants had them and then the plainclothes cops had them, right? They were working for the oil companies. They had snipers up top, Right mm -hmm. on top of the, uh, this was at the Fairmont in uh, Santa Monica, the uh, the famous hotel there, and so and they had Indians, the Shuar from the Amazon in Ecuador, that had been poisoned by oxy petroleum, and they left thirty billion barrels of oil down there, and the, the family and their children were getting leukemia and stuff like this, and so, so how do we you know, raise awareness. My whole thing is to subjugate the whole process and bring usher in free energy. Innovation has always set us free. Invention, innovation, you know, the entrepreneurial spirit. And so how do we speak into existence like the Wright brothers wanting to fly like an eagle? Free energy, which Tesla already uh, brought to our consciousness. Whatever the mind can conceive and believe, we can achieve. And so he invented wireless technology. He had more inventions than Edison, yet his information is suppressed. And so we're in an oil oligarchy. And so, um, so to awaken out of that, and Buckminster Fuller says you don't change an existing system by fighting it, right? You design the future and allow that to fall to the wayside. So bringing the consciousness forward into you know, that which we want to see, holding that vision of clean air, water, soil, and equitable systems. We're poisoning the commons and scientifically validating that it's A-OK, -okay, right? So again, raising the awareness to the hypocrisy, hypocrisy, the silliness, uh, and the absolute corruption. But to the point that we don't fight it, we go, oh yeah, you know, that's nonsense. Let's 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 do our art project over here, right? Because art can change the world. Creativity can change the world. So tapping into our own creative energy, our own creative power. You know, I believe that I've been able to shift some level of consciousness using this new technology that can be so detrimental, the EMFs, the electromagnetic radiation and pollution, the addiction to this technology, but also it's become a tool to get these messages out. And so uh, that's the yin and the yang of that, right? And so to work towards more balance. And so balance is the, the metric as opposed to, you know, fighting the oil companies while we're still using those resources, right? How can we bring more balance? Well, free energy subjugates the whole oil oligarchy, right? And once you have free energy, you don't really need money, and I'm calling forth the gift economy and the, the Zulu nation of South Africa developed this principle. It's 
it's called contributionism. Everyone has their own unique gifts, right? Men and women, very unique gifts. You don't have to fit into the college protocol, right? Which is a, is a fast track to going nowhere anyway, right? We already, we already explored that. So using creativity, using imagination, using vision, using alchemy, calling forth sound effects matter, and love, truth, and wisdom is the formula for alchemy. You have to understand the vision of where you want to go, dream the impossible dream, but then live in truth, look in the mirror. We're not there yet. We're still burning oil, and we're using much more oil resources just to make these electric vehicles and more slave labor to make these electric vehicles. So this, this is part of the solution to get off the electrical grid or get off the fossil fuel grid, but it's not the fundamental solution to create balance, right? So balance again is the metric. And so, and then, then, so love, truth, and wisdom. I, I think I did this in my talk at the psychedelic conference because I, I, I go off track and then I don't come back sometimes. Did you guys catch that one? Yes. So, so love, truth, and wisdom. What's that? But I think you came back. You did. Yeah. You, did. Back around. you circled back around. Love, truth, and wisdom. So, so truth is looking in the mirror and then love is knowing where you want to go, your dream. And this creates tension. By law, tension must be resolved into the wisdom, what we learn from becoming through this, right? The hellfire that we've walked through this industrial age, right? To elevate to the next level. So using alchemy, to, 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 with using sound, speaking into existence, um, uh, sound to affect matter and using alchemy to dream the impossible dream. The Wright brothers wanted to fly like an eagle. Therefore, we can create whatever we envision. And I, again, envision a world with clean air, water, soil, and equitable systems for all mankind. My four solutions for humanity is the gift economy, free energy, self-care education. We all take care of our own real estate. When we naturally do that, we naturally take care of our local environment around us. And then, of course, we understand that we're connected to the world and to the all. So it's probably a bad idea to kill the bees, right? <laughs> and so, 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 and then finally, permaculture. Food's free. You drop a seed in the ground and it fruits, right? So food is free. You tend to it a little bit. And so permaculture, self-care education, gift economy, and uh, free energy. That's my solutions for saving the world. And so, um, and that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Love it. I do too. So um, we're going to wrap this up, but if there is one thing, I know we've touched on a lot of things, but if there's one thing that you could give our listeners in regards to knowledge or it's a quote or a book or anything like that, what would that one thing be right here, right now? Well, I recommend doing the first chapter exercises in my book because it's all about dream purpose and legacy and so living a legacy living your purpose momentum mori right the stoicism aspect of we're all going to die understand that death is a part of life and ultimately there is no death you get that with the psychedelic experiences but when you face your death and you know that your physical you know being 
there's going you're going to enter into another dimension after this and so what is the legacy that you are going to leave and so and then once you face your death the biggest fear is fear of death then you can live in love of loving your life yeah that's uh it's that's uh exactly what it is the fear of death goes away right um and troy i know that your book is called Riptive 50, hashtag Riptive 50, um, a journal to self-love. <laughs> yes, there it is. Um, a journey to self-love, yes. There it is. Um, we Megan was reading it on the plane. I'm looking forward to her finishing it up. I know she's got a few chapters left, but um, I'm going to start it. But if anybody wants to get the book, where do they get it? How do they get a hold of you? And if they want to be a part of your tribe, how do they do it? Yeah, uh, easy to follow me on social media. I'm certified health nut branded across the internet. And uh, I'm on YouTube and Instagram. My book is available on Amazon. If you want a hardcover signed collector's edition, I made it like a coffee table book. And so, and this is the divinity code. It's not so much about being ripped as it is just taking care of your own real estate and all the tools that you need to do in there. If you want an autograph signed copy, you can you can uh, hit me up on Instagram and we'll mail that right out to your house. Great. Thank you again, Troy, for being here. Um, it's a great episode. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate you and all that you do. And thank you for being a very positive um, role model uh, for the masculine. And we appreciate that more than you know. And uh, yeah, so I recommend all women and men to follow the certified health net. We've been following um, his journey for a couple of years now, actually. So it's, uh, it's been an honor to meet you and to have you on our podcast. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Okay, guys, have a great